Hello, how you doing out there? This is the Random Horror Show. I'm your horror podcast host, is Keisha Lacey. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this train wreck of a podcast. Coming straight up, straight up out of Pine Pine Kearney, East Texas. And, of course, here at the Random Horror Show, where we keep it random and goofy and everything else going off on tangent. But we talk about horror, science fiction, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure in movies, television, and books. And thank you so much. Thank you to my uh, wonderful podcast listeners out there that has been ride and die with me. For those who are curious of what is this show and everything, go check it out. Um, our episodes and stuff that we have from the Random Horror Show. And this is our prom season horror prom season double feature of Prom Night and Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2, the sequel to Prom Night, but it's not really actually technically a sequel to it. They just used the name just to get that money. You see what I'm saying, 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 get this money. But um, I feel that like this is very, very appropriate, um, especially this is um, prom season. Um, I'm very swamped with um, prom from DJing and that's very exciting right there. I also um, DJed for my old high school. Uh, that was really wonderful right there. I had a really great time. I'm glad the kids had an awesome time of enjoying themselves for the prom. Um, we know that prom was kind of held back for like almost two years because of the pandemic and everything, but I'm glad that um, seniors and juniors are right now are enjoying themselves and um really um feeling back somewhat back to normal of like having um a prom and stuff prom is supposed to be a special night sometimes it can be a horrible night but these two movies these two double features of prom horror slasher supernatural films oh gosh break out with the corsage and get ready for the terror and these two wonderful, very ballistic B-movies of, you know, of the 80s. I mean, you just cannot um, go wrong with a good um, horror slasher uh, film, especially that is dealing with prom. Um, like I said, special time for, you know, sex. Some people get Pregnant on prom night. Maybe some of you people who are listening have been a result of prom night. And then, of course, drinking and oh, a whole bunch of stuff right there. And and I'm just remembering when um I um actually went to both of my proms. Um, I wore a dress to my junior prom. Didn't spend that much money, but I had a beautiful corsage. I had a prom date. He was a guy that was me and him. We were really good friends in high school. Um, had a wonderful time. Stayed out and everything. That was really um, interesting. And it almost had a heart attack because, like, my grandparents and my dad, they're just like, yeah, we're going to let you stay out for a prom. I'm like, what? I get to stay out at 17 years old and I'm going to be drinking, you know what I'm saying? They knew that I was going to be drinking and stuff, but you know what? Hey. 
it's prom. They're like, ah, we know she's going to be drinking and smoking and stuff like that. They knew I was doing that as it is anyway. So they're just like, ah, let her have fun. <laughs> they did just like, ah, just let her have fun. Now, one of the things that I'm going to be talking about is that at both of my proms, um, I would, I, I mean, I had a couple of teachers that were Mike, they used microaggression um, against me on about my dress for my junior year and my tuxedo. I had a witness tuxedo for my senior prom. This one right here, I really uh, went out with it. Um, I spent over like at least like a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty dollars with this. I know it was like big time money for like an eighteen year old to like spend that much money um, on a prom tuxedo and I was like you know which um actually has a common theme um especially with um the second segment of um our double prom horror feature of hello mary lou prom night two um you know um our character um vicky um she decides to change it up a little bit for her senior prom of course she found some other shit and everything um she was very unexpected but the thing the current theme of like with that is that um our villain um the unrested soul of mary lou mahoney she did not give a damn what anybody say she was very apologetic um she was she was awesome of as she is you know when she was alive and as well as um her character spirit regain the strength to like terrorize the high school and possess um vicky in the in the movie but um but i had this tuxedo women's tuxedo very cute i was bougie classy sophisticated in this damn thing and before y'all tell me i slay i slay um i'm just going to tell you this right here in 1996 before slay was ever invented and born and everything your girl your horror podcast hostess was slaying like a motherfucker in 1996 at her senior prom um baby i had the stilettos that I borrowed from my mom and also jewelry I had that good old little old cool last little French bond and everything you know that 90s haircut you know with a kind of like a slightly like a little mullet you know type of thing you know like the black hairstyles back in the day uh, I had that going on right there and I was like slaying like a motherfucker though and I said I'm gonna show out show up and show out and that's exactly what i did and you know i was very unapologetic for that um they seen that i was very different uh i had a very different attire from uh, the rest of the girls they had strapless um dresses spaghetti dresses things like that they all of them look gorgeous and beautiful and everything else they really did but guess what there was a few teachers that had an issue with this girl, Keisha, coming in with this um, tuxedo. It's like a man's tuxedo. Um, I gotta, We got to tell her to take off her jacket and we got to judge her halter. First of all, these are girls that have like, you know, cleavage showing and stuff like that, which I ain't got a problem with that and everything. They, that's what they can do when their dresses and everything. That's what they chose. 
But my shit was like covered up, but it was like cute, but it's classy, but it gives you a little bit of imagination of what's really up under there and stuff. But it was cute though. And I'm gonna go ahead and link that shit up in my Instagram so y'all can see that right there. And yeah, there was like a couple of teachers, lady teachers, older lady teachers had an issue with that. It's because I did not quote unquote dress like the other girls. You see what I'm saying? And I thought about that. I was like, even when I had a dress as a junior for my junior prom, they still had an issue. And I was like, I want to be different. I do what I want to do. I'm very comfortable and confident in this uh, women's tuxedo. And I brought it. I brought that shit. I'm telling you, I slay like a motherfucker. I slay, I slay. Um, I always slay. I always slay. I've been slaying since 1996. So, um, don't get that shit twisted. But, yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I I I was thinking back on that and I'm like I'm not mad, but I look at it and I was like, wow, those chicks are so wrong to be doing that. Um and it just seems like I always had a um people always had an issue of the way how I dressed in high school. That's the reason why I don't like to talk about high school as in the past. Um, like I said, I've deleted mostly like most of my uh, memories of high school because it's not even worth it's not even worth it uh, it's, it's actually ain't even worth a shit as it is um anyways I had that mindset of like I get my education and then I get the fuck out you know that's how I looked at things and of course I had my fun too but I'm not one of those uh people you know how like people are like oh my god look at horror school and they just like start crying and like in their late 40s like having a midlife crisis or shit some shit like that and they they're still bitter about it but just like talking about this I still rock that shit and you know what I ain't even mad at them ladies and stuff because you know why because like shit they old <laughs> Oh, gosh, but, you know, their mindset was just so ignorant. It was. It was very ignorant and everything, and, like, I was just like, bruh. Like, you know, but you have, like, those, uh, you know, you still have it in society of where you have, you still have people policing women's bodies and that was and these are women these are older women that were like policing my body they did not police really any of the girls because they thought they were fine like they are and of course they like and it was the real deal was is that um I didn't give a damn I was confident I bought my shit they didn't and I'm gonna wear my beautiful awesome cool ass you know women's tuxedo and you ain't got a motherfucking thing to say about it and that's how I looked at it and you know I was just like y'all don't have nothing better else to do I mean y'all should be worrying about 
other important things than to be worrying about my beautiful black ass and my gorgeous, sophisticated, bougie, um, popping, slaying, 18-year-old self looking really nice and cute um, for my prom, you know? And, of course, I uh, did not have a date. Of course, that attracted a lot of attention right there. Um, and... I believe it, and, and you know what? And I was like, that's, I, th- I was like, you know what? They were intimidated by me. They was intimidated that this girl does not have a prom date. She came up here with these damn tuxedo. We got to pick on her for some fucking reason. And, you know, I was just like, wow. You know, you're fucking boring. That's so boring because there was more in important pressing issues than for you to judge my halter when you had this girl had like a backless you know dress and a bunch of titties but jumping everywhere and tits everywhere and stuff but you know they did they look lovely and stuff but I guess they felt like she might be trying to bring the she might be a lesbian or something no if there was if I was, it's none of your business. It's none of their business. You, We come there to have a good time. Rocking our best, beautiful shit that we either have found at Goodwill or we spent money on. We spent money on our hair and our nails. Guys spent money on renting tuxedos limos going out to eat and everything else you gotta let kids be kids you gotta let them have their fun and that was the one thing that some of these teachers back then when I went and I was thinking I was like wow you really don't want me to have fun I was like that's real fucked up it's real fucked up but guess what your girl was dancing she had fun lots and lots of fun and you know what I still have the picture of me in my um, tuxedo, and I, 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 I just, I just look at that, and I was like, you know what? I, for somebody that um, didn't have like a really uh, great um, four years in high school, um, I was basically just, um, I just want to just get my education and just go and get the hell out of high school. I also did have uh, a couple of. I think two teachers actually uh, did have an issue with my dress um, at my graduation. And I was just like, you got to be kidding. I was like, y'all just not going to let this go. And I was like, you know what? They just did not like me because I was different. Shit, that's their fucking problem. (laughs) That's their problem right there, but that's okay. That's how high school is. And, you know... He must be, I think that teacher particular one probably um, did that because I did have a crush on her son. Um, and I guess that was her way of picking on me and saying, like, you're not good enough for my son. And I was just like, it's high school. People have crushes. You know, you can't help but have a crush on somebody. It's just like, it's no biggie. You know what I'm saying? No big fucking deal. But he's married. Uh, congratulations to him. 
Um, you know, I actually did try to, uh, I did contact him because I wanted to write an article with him and his wife. Um, and, um, I was like at a different, uh, uh, topic, you know, with, um, interracial dating and stuff like that. He never did respond to it, but I was like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I guess he thought like, oh my gosh, she's being weird. She's just trying to like, you know, but I asked him, I was like, Hey, ask your wife, you know, if you want, you know, and I, sh you know, I showed him like my blog at the time and everything else like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, yo, I'm being legit. And it's not like, I'm just like, that's really fucked up, you know, but I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know what? He could have said, no, that's okay. Thank you very much for the offer. But you know, we kept it silent. And I was like, you know what? I was like, well, he's an asshole. He is an asshole to think that. And I was like, what a piece of shit. And guess what? I was like, that's the reason why we call them crushes and everything. Because they usually don't last fucking long. Um, But I have no ill will to him or whatever. But I was just like, you know, years back, I was just like, wow. You know, you still have that mindset of thinking that I'm finna. Oh, God. I was like, oh, my God. Pathetic. Pathetic. That's the reason why people don't even fucking know me. They really don't. They really don't know me because they just see surface and they think, um, I don't know. I really don't care. Um, I'm one of those real, real ass bitches. Uh, I don't care if you live or die. Um, pulling some Mary Lou Mahoney on y'all's ass. <laughs> but anyways, um, enjoy the double horror prom special feature of prom night 1980 film with screen queen herself Jamie Lee Curtis and hello Mary Lou prom night 2 the Canadian film um came out in 1987 starring Michael Ironside all right I'm back go ahead and grab your corsages your dates your beautiful dress your handsome tux, <sighs> sneak that booze in that punch bowl, and bring your knife, axe, or whatever you prefer for prom night. Prom night is one of those films, like I said, it, um, you know, it does star Jamie Lee Curtis, she plays Kim. Um, it does start off as like, you know, Kim as, you know, younger and she has a brother and she has a sister also that I think they were like, uh, twins or they like, they were really close, um, in age, but, um, you know, there was like some kids that were playing an old abandoned, um, like a building or like an old school or something like that. And they were playing killer. And um, this is what sets the tone um, of why this is happening in prom night. I remember, like, you know, in those days, like, that's what kids did. We played a lot of fun. Sometimes it's a little bit of <laughs> little creepy games like that, like killer or um, if some of y'all are very familiar, high go get it, you know, and it's not high go seek, it's high go get it, get it. You may ask, what's high go get it? High go get it is where you hide and the person that's it just trying to find you. It don't even, if you're, and you have to have girls. And so 
this little dirty little game that they, you know, they played in the neighborhood. Uh, when they changed the rules and said, like, are we going to play high go seek? I got so I got excited. And then they said, high go get it. I was oh, fuck that shit. You're not trying to look at me naked or you're not trying to feel on me. Disgusting gross. But it does start off like with them playing killer in this old abandoned um, building. You know, um, the little girl, she sees a guy and, and his name is Nick. And she just thinks, not Nick, I'm sorry. Um, but I think it is Nick. Boy, I am like not on today. Um, yeah, but she she thinks Nick is cute. She thinks it's cute. But there's other girls that are there. There's um Kelly. There's Wendy, and um, what's the other girl's name and stuff? And um, I forgot the other girl's name, but she was like really like kind of wussy or shit like that. But um. She was um going up there to like, oh, okay, they're playing killer and stuff like that. Well, Kim went and went somewhere. She just kind of ran off. And her brother, like, kind of, like, ran off a little bit going to the house. Um, Kim was supposed to be responsible for both um, of her brother and her younger brother and sister. So um, <clears throat> her little sister went up there. You know, uh, she got caught in this game that they were playing. And she was just like you know, like, oh, it's a fun game, you know, her brother told, like, nah, bro, like, you know, nah, sis, like, they ain't trying to, like, play with you, you know, and you get, and we got a lot of that back in the 80s and stuff, like, somebody's like, oh, we want to play, and they're like, no, you can't play, you know, we had to handle rejection like that, sucks, but we did, and that's just typical kid shit right there, but, when this game got a little bit too much out of hand, um, the sister fell out the window. Um, she died instantly, and oh my gosh, the whole window pane falling on top of her. Oh, that was just so. Oh, that was so distraught. I was so distraught right there. I was like, oh my god, the window. But I liked how, uh, they did the um the kills in this one because it wasn't like you see them doing the action but it uh created that anticipation um of the killer um in this movie which happens to be um the deceased um sister's brother and we didn't know you know I mean you can figure it out that it must have been somebody that like you know um knew about this whole secret well the kids you know during that time um uh, when she fell out the window you know wendy was like the ring leader like like she was like top bitch or something like that she was she was like top bitch and she's like nobody must not say anything you know we keep this as a secret and so um they did they kept that secret for a long long time and um you could tell Wendy was the ringleader of this <clears throat> this this little old, of click that they had. Well they all grew up and it's their senior prom. Kim has grown, you know, she's a senior. Um she's off she's actually like going out with one of the guys that were um, you know, was there when her sister, you know, fell out the window on an accident. 
and um, he was very interested in Kim. You know, he broke up with Wendy because I like it. Like I said, she was like the head bitch. She was the HBIC, the head bitch in charge of like the little old, um, high school. You know how, excuse me, the little childhood clique. And she was very, very upset because, you know, he didn't want her. It was like over. And she tried so hard and hard to like get him back and everything else just failed so um this is kind of like if you look at it you know like watch this movie it kind of does kind of like have that um whole Brian De Palma Carrie-esque um you know um feel with it um especially um with Wendy of planning um something to like get back at Kim because you know she's a hot you know, and upset because her guy don't want her, and, you know, he just, like, you know, you're a super bitch, and, you know, I'm done, um, I want to get with Kim, um, you know, you have, like, that whole total, like, high school, uh, girl jealousy type shit right there, um, um, in this case, and, of course, you know, when we, uh, watch Carrie, when, um, Cece Spacek, who happens to be, a, a East Texas native, um, she's from Winsboro, Texas. Um, you know, we with Carrie White, you know, she was made fun of because she was the weird girl and, you know, nobody didn't understand her. Of course, you know, she didn't know she had telekinesis powers and a very dominant, dominant, like religious fanatic mother played by Piper Laurie. Uh, Piper Laurie did a fantastic job playing her mother. Uh, Piper Laurie has also been in Twin Peaks. Oh man, uh, when I got excited when I watched that show and when I seen Piper Laurie, I remember Piper Laurie was in um, Carrie. So you have like that, um, that Carrie type, we're going to give revenge. You know, if you remember John Travolta and Nancy Allen, if you remember Nancy Allen, she uh, played Lewis on RoboCop and RoboCop too. So that was Alex Murphy slash RoboCop's partner. Um, she was the one that wanted to be very malicious, um, towards Carrie White because, um, you know, she was, she was like a bully right there. So you had Wendy, Wendy was like that bully, but she was more of like, she controlled, uh, you know, some of her childhood friends and everything. So, with that being said, I think that's the reason why some people were not, like, feeling that movie because it felt like it was stealing from Carrie, especially getting the revenge part at the prom. Um, I don't know um, about, you know, how people felt that it may be mimicking that. But um, in a way, I kind of feel like it just pulled just a little bit, but not too much um, from the whole, we gonna get back at Carrie White, you know, set up the pig's blood, you know, on top of the scaffold, you know, whenever she gets prom queen, you know, type thing right there. But this one is just more, um, um, this is more personal, uh, of, of Wendy getting back at Kim because of her guy while like in, um, Carrie, this is more of like being, you know, the whole school, you know, especially this one girl, she just like felt so threatened, you know, by Carrie that she just like, I just gotta make her feel like horseshit, you know, um, you know, and let her know that she needs to remain in her place as being like this small type of, you know, just a small aunt and everything.
and um but uh with wendy uh we're just gonna break it down with wendy and everything um wendy is like i said she's the head bic you know in charge and she is a very rude rude girl you could tell like how entitled she was um the way how she spoke to her mother uh you can tell that she used like all of her like feminine charm to like get a guy that had like a similar like i said this is where like you could see like okay well they're copying copycatting off of carrie is because the guy who was um helping uh, Wendy, his name is Lou. Um, he was like one of the, you know, he was like the, the, the bad dude in school. He was like bad news. He was a juvenile delinquent. You know, he smoked in school, like on <laughs> in the hallways. Um, he had like that and he did, he had a similar hairstyle, just like John Travolta and Carrie. And, um, I, you know, like I said, you know, opinions are opinions so um I think that's like uh you know maybe that's the reason why it was like a it was lukewarm people liked it people like eh, it's all right you know feel like then some people like well this is like stealing a lot from um from the movie Carrie but um but yeah she uh she convinces him to do that and of course, like she's dumb, she's sad, but she's like, I'm gonna give revenge on Kim because guess what? Kim is actually the daughter of Mr. Hammond, which is played by Leslie um Nielsen, and he is the principal of the school. And so um his son gets in trouble for, you know, um jumping on Lou because Lou was just being very lewd to Kim and he was just defending his sister and everything. And, of course, like, Lou gets kicked out. He's suspended from school for, like, fighting. And, of course, he had his little old lackeys behind him um, tearing up, you know, old little homeboy's ass and shit. But, like, little homeboy had, like, some, some game, though. And then, of course, it all gets started. You know, the phone calls of, like, you know, to Wendy and her friends who were there when this, you know, when his sister fell out of the window um he was reminding them that hey look I'm, I'm in his raspy ass voice um you know what I'm gonna get y'all for prom so they just like oh these little weird calls and stuff like that and they kind of like dismissed it a little bit and of course like during that time there was like always there was no caller id and there was like people always doing like weird raspy voice murdery ass sounding phone obscene phone calls um that was abnormal but it was kind of like a sort of not too much of a norm but shit like that did happen a lot and and it was some real creepy shit back in the 80s and stuff um but thank god we have caller id for that because that shit was annoying as hell it was annoying as hell it really was also, we also, like, have, like, where you have the whole popular van culture. Um, one of the girls was asked out by a guy that had a van. 
um, that was very, very popular back then, you know, oh, a guy has like this real cool hip trick, you know, van, but you know, vans now it's like associated like, oh my gosh, don't go close to that van and stuff. You know, um, this is like the rise in the beginning of like a lot of, um, child kidnappings and stuff and they always said like man if y'all see vans black vans white vans whatever vans and stuff don't even get close to them you know start like running away from the vans and stuff but uh back then I was like kind of looking I was like you know tripping out and I was like you know that guy that had that van if he if you will place him in this time of day um, he would not make it. I was like, I think he will like be like an incel or something like that. But I was like, you know what? I guess that I was like, you know what? That did fit back then. You know, he wasn't like extremely handsome. You know, he had the glasses and the curly, curly hair and he was a bit chubby and stuff. He's a little bit overweight, but like, I was like, shoot. Like, work your magic, bro. Work your magic, bro. I was like, with the van right there, you know how to do it. And he did it, too, but he got his date and everything. Um, they also, like, placed um, different suspects and stuff, okay? At the time when that murder actually happened, it wasn't a murder, but, you know, the young girl fell out the window on an accident. Um, they placed the blame on a criminal who was a sex offender, Um and he like escaped out of you know the mental hospital um now this like really just amped up the mystery of like this movie now you um you know six years ago when the young girl um died you know they pinned it on you know this um sex offender and they put him locked away in the key you know lock away the key you know in the mental hospital um, you know, just to like say, hey, we got the criminal, you know, hey, you know, it was a sex offender, yada, yada, yada. And it was, of course, it was a lot of, uh, if you think about it, it was a lot of cases and things like that, you know, where police, you know, actually pinned the wrong thing on the wrong guy or whatever, you know, because they had like a violent criminal past or they had something to do criminally with, um, young children. And, um, six years now, he breaks out of the mental hospital. He has um, killed a nurse, stole her car, um, things like that. And um, this is which, you know, uh, um, alarmed like the police and stuff. They're like, oh, great. You know, this dude is like coming back within six years. We put him away and we got to like be right here, you know, at this prom. You know, now they are uh, reporting, you know, telling the cops that like, hey, there is, you know, this guy is out on the loose, you know, um, we have received obscene phone calls, uh, from somebody that we don't know. Um, they also put like a pawn character, um, also in this, um, in this movie, which is, uh, one of the maintenance men. Um, the maintenance man, he looks like that type that would, you know, uh, may do something to a bunch of teenage girls, um, on the, uh, on campus. But again, like I said, you got a little bit of that Brian De Palma Carryisms in this one right here is because, um, Carrie White, you know, you remember her character. Well, um, the, 
the maintenance guy character at the school, you know, you could tell, you know, he was, you know, not very bright. Um, he did his work, he trimmed the hedges, um, he didn't have, like, that typical, like, ooh, maintenance guy, man, but he had, like, the real creepy look with him, um, you know, and then Kim made a, a comment to her father, like, oh, that guy stares at all the girls' asses, and, you know, he creeps us out, and, you know, her, her father's like, you know, I don't think you need to worry about that, because he's been checked out, you know, he was like, I hired him. I don't think he's going to be doing anything like that because, you know, you're, he was basically right, you know, just because of his appearance, just because he stares at people a lot, um, you know, especially the girls, he probably stare at, he's, it's the me to, to me, he stares at everybody else. And I was just like, you know, he was just basically saying, you know, don't judge a book by its cover um, to Kim, which transitions um, to that right there is because her and Nick are actually going together. You know, like I said, Wendy is like pissed off to the heavens and shit because Nick is going to the prom. Um, She's doing the best um, she can to like win him back. It's not working. But one thing that, uh, like I said, uh, never judge a book by its cover is that Kim does not know that the guy that she's going to prom with, the guy that she really likes, the guy that she's just like thought he thinks he's so amazing is a part of her sister's accidental death. And that right there is uh what is so blindsiding about like this uh about Kim and everything like Kim's character is like since her um sister's death um she has uh very matured into like like a protector you know you can see um a little bit of that Lori from Halloween in um Jamie Lee Curtis um character Kim um, you know, she doesn't take any shit, you know, she's cute, she's sexy, you know, I guess for a high schooler, I get, but then again, it gets a little, like, I noticed that, I was like, hmm, I mean, I know Jamie Lee Curtis was a little bit, probably like in her, tw like, 20 or something like that when she did this movie, um, but, like, I think it threw in a little bit of that, like, who look at her, you know, this is a cute, sexy, you know, senior right there, but you can feel, like, that underlying, like, sexual, you know, uh, in your window, like, within, like, um, Curtis's, um, character, Kim, because, um, like I said, from her, like, grieving and things like that, it transformed her to be a little bit more responsible um, with people. She's a little bit more alert <clears throat> from her peers. Um, she, Kim, is, like, like the everyday girl next door. Yes, her dad is the principal. Um, yes, she does have a little brother. Um, he's pretty popular in school, but she's popular also, but she's not uh, she doesn't, she's not very, she's not snobby with it, she gets along fine, um, with everybody, you know, she's just like, hey, yeah, I'm just Kim, you know, I'm just me, she's, she was being her, and that's when a lot of things started to, like, happen, um, you know, there was in the shower, um, there was some glass that was broken, 
um she was very uh, uh brave and shit i mean i'm telling you though i'm telling you if i go somewhere <laughs> scary ass <laughs> on a scary haunt ride or something like that i'm taking me a bad bitch white girl with me <laughs> this ain't scary it's scary to me <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. I'm telling I'm like, come on, girl, let's go. Let's go. We're gonna go look for some, if I have to look for some files or something and it's in an abandoned hospital or phantom uh insane asylum or something like that or somewhere in the woods. I'm taking me over, right, girl. She's gonna be right up on top of me and I go look where I need to go look for. But um she was like, you know, she didn't have like that fear. Uh, with her she just knew that like okay this is strange broken glass but she noticed that was you know one of the girls noticed there was a piece of glass that was missing um also the mysterious um person that was um you know um harassing and you know terrorizing the um the, the ones that um which is the brother that you know off the sister on an accident um, he ripped pages like out of the yearbook. He put their their faces like on their you know um, in their lockers and everything. Um, he was like dead ass serious because he was just like I'm not playing with you. Y'all are going to really literally die. Um, this is this was the brother's way of getting revenge for his sister because he knew that those um four were very guilty and they just went on about their lives and he was so remorseful that you know i miss my sister why does she have to die so young um you know y'all are like having the grandest ball time of your lives and my sister is in the cemetery you know he have to see his mother um distraught every year you know the anniversary of her death where they visit her grave i mean that shit burned his ass up right there it really did but it did take like a very deep psychological twist uh with him of where this is reason why like grief counseling and things like that is very important of like he decided, you know, I'm going to put this facade on that, you know, I'm cool, you know, I'm this, that, and everything, but really my ultimate plan is to off all four of them on prom night, and I'm going to get away with it, and the brother was really spry than a mofo, I mean, he was spry like a motherfucker. Um, he just didn't have like that super built speed like when you see uh, slasher uh, mystery horror movies. Um, he did have lots of agility. He, I tell you that he had lots of agility. Um, and even when the fight with Lou and the other guys, you can literally tell like right in that scene that it's going to be him he is the killer he was going to kill all four of them to give revenge for his um sister because i was looking i was like oh shit you know like this dude ain't no punk you know he ain't no punk punk you know i mean he can he was like handle it on his own just like kim kim can like handle it 
um, on her own also. And I feel that, like, from, like, this tragic death of their sister, one have actually, Kim, she has turned, you know, to be much stronger. Um, he actually got more stronger, like, with his, you know, physicalness, but he was actually, you know, very broken because he was just grieving and mourning the death of, like, for six years of it, with his sister, and it really, uh, devast it devastated every one of them, but the one person that it really affected the most, and if he felt like is is the need to, like, end that shit all, to end his pain, was her brother, and so, there was like, like I said, there was some really good kill scenes. And I like, like I said, I like the anticipation of it because you didn't see how he did the action, but you knew that he was doing it. Um, and then, of course, like when he did it, he flopping down and you see him, you know, their throats cut, you know, things chopped off of them. Um, the one the one badass scene that I really liked in this movie is the whole, you know, the other girls, you know, she got the, the van dude and, you know, they dipped out of the prom and, um, they were having sex and of course the drugs, you know, the smoking weed and, you know, he had a whole bunch of joints like hiding up in that book though. I was like, damn bro, shit, got that good kush right there. Not only you got a badass van, you got that cush, bro. Mm. And he was um watching them in the woods. And um and of course, you know, he was trying to wait for the right moment to get, you know, the girl. Um sad to say he got the guy um also because he was not he's like I'm not gonna let any loose ends be in this so he had to kill the van guy also um but back to where I was saying he was a his agility and his quickness and stuff it was like really on point and of course that kill that he did with the girl um you know got her throat and everything and you didn't see it but you can like but you just like, oh shit. And I, and, I, and I like, that's the one thing that I liked about that is that I don't see the whole action of it. Um, it's like some things that, you know, we all seen like the whole, we're going to cut their throat, we're going to chop their heads off and like in many, many horror films. But um, I liked how they kept it to like, it was kind of like, it was kind of like PG, but it was still like radar because, you know, you still had some boobs in there. You still had your blood in there. Um, but, like, yeah, that whole, like, scene of him and the guy getting into it, um, that was, like, pretty badass. And he fell, like, off the cliff and the whole bomb-ass van and his weed and everything blew up in there. I was like, shit, you know? Also, another great um, scene um, was the part of they were presenting um, the king and queen. Um you know, um, oh, homeboy Lou, he, he, he got it, and as another innocent, um, the guy in the van and Lou was, um, the innocent ones that got killed, and, uh, Nick, uh, was knocked out and everything, he fell back, because the guys, whenever they were putting, um, had Wendy's plan and had it going and everything, they didn't know where Wendy was, they're like, ah, oh, screw her, you know, we just go ahead with the plan, they um 
also uh, knocked him out. They put him on the side. So, you know, old brother, dearest and everything, he uh, mistaken, like, Nick as, like, Will, I meant Lou, excuse me. It was actually Lou, but, you know, he mistaken and thought it was Nick. And so he just chopped his damn head off. And his little head just rolled down that little stage and everything and scared the crap out of everybody. And, of course, like, everybody ran. And then I don't know why everybody tell like, stop running. Like, well, stop running for what? <laughs> it's Lou's head chopped right there. That was a really... Um, good head chop and I like how that rolled down and I liked how they placed the actor that played Lou um it wasn't like a typical you know uh just a you know like a Friday the 13th like head roll shot but they actually I could tell that they had the um the actual uh actor and they um cut a hole you know and everything else you know ddd like that you know, thank goodness for practical effects. That was a really good practical effect. Of course, you know, a um, couple of scenes, like maybe like three or four minutes, you know, down from that, um, it was like a fake head. But that's okay because, like, really, that practical effect of what they did, that was really uh, memorable right there. And I do remember um, at times, like, if they show it on TV, you know, you see um, that scene right there and that is a very memorable scene um from prom night and um of course you know you know brother dearest he was just all upset he killed the wrong person but he's seen that nick actually got up and then that's where you know the real brawling started to happen and stuff um and you see jamie lee curtis just like like a wildcat you know attacking and you know attacking her brother she didn't realize that was her brother and he had an axe um you know and until it was that moment that she seen and she popped his ass real good with the damn axe I mean she popped the shit out of his ass and she seen his eyes and she recognized that was her brother and it just it killed her to like it just killed her inside I liked how I liked how she she recognized who chopped off Lou's head, but she didn't know that he also, you know, killed Wendy. That was a really good scene. Um from Wendy. Wendy was like Wendy like I said, Wendy was was the the head bitch in charge. But Wendy actually um, seen before she got killed, that was a really uh, good scene um, of her running away. Uh, she didn't do no typical last, oh, don't come after me. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, my God, don't kill me. You know, um, that's what I liked about this because these motherfuckers do be fighting and, and, you know, they're not trying to, like, fall down the stairs and shit and, uh, put their little hand up down, you know, these, I mean, each kill was very different, but I liked Wendy's also, because Wendy was like, I ain't going out like no straight punk, she was like that, until she seen her dead friend, she screamed, and that's what happened, and of course, the axe went at her, and then that's where, you know, the whole uh, scene goes blank, and it goes, you know, into another scene, and, um, but yeah, I I really liked how 
uh, these characters in this movie were like, you know, they did. They put up a fight. They really put up a fight because they knew that this person was a, you know, a human being. It's not no boogeyman or anything else like that. And, and, you know, that's how people are. They, you know, flight or fight response. You either going to run or you're going to fight. Um, it was a bit of both and everything. Now, um, now the whole part of like the whole, um, the man escaping out of the mental hospital that they uh, wrongly pinned the murder of the young girl and everything. Um, he has killed the nurse. Um, they found him. Um, you know, it, it was, I find it a bit, um, I find it to be a bit not really like too much part of the plot because that was just a little bit of a that was a plot hole right there I think they should have done a little bit better job of like uh maybe like they could have did that with the uh the maintenance man but then again um the maintenance man actually found uh one of the bodies and he was there and he told him he was like a murderer um, you got to remember, and they took him, and they took him in there, they, they handcuffed him, they thought he was the one, and he wasn't, um, and that was, like, showing, like, a, a prejudice, um, because, you know, like I said, you never judge a book by its cover, even though he is totally, totally innocent, um, he valued his job, uh, yeah, he wasn't, like, the brightest person and things like that, and he probably, like, classified as, like, you know, like, especially, um, you know, mentally handicapped and stuff like that. But, you know, the attitude back then of how they looked at people that are, like, special needs or mentally um, handicapped or whatever, like, you know, mentally, um, they had a really funky attitude towards that. And that's what I never understood um, about the attitude that they have with people that have special needs and things like that is because just because they did not have like the average brain intelligence as like a average human being does not mean they are, are, are going to be a murderer or they they perverted and all that bullshit but the attitude um back then um there it was it was very harsh and and people um, there were special needs, um, you know, back then, they were treated, they were treated like crap, they were treated like crap, they really were, they were treated like crap and everything, and just thinking back when I was, um, in school, myself in elementary, I remember, um, there were people, uh, just picked on and just being very, uh, you know, manipulative with um, a few of the special needs uh, young students. Um, they were guys, and they would just be so mean to them, and and they didn't know. They thought they were being, you know, oh, they're being friends with me. They really like me, but they really wasn't, and that was just so mean, and I just, oh, that was just like burn my hide and of course back then I was also picked on too because you know I had buck teeth um you know my home situation was best and everything and you know I was picked on myself so I seen 
um, how that was with them, and that's the reason why I'm like, you know, them people, they're, they're like fucking awesome ass people, and no, no cap, they're so cool, and I, and I used to work, uh, with, um, special needs, um, young adults and everything, and they are truly, truly amazing, and, um, one little secret and everything, uh, when you a newbie and you around them and you thinking, uh, <laughs> oh, you, you, you feel it all sorry for them. They're like, uh-uh, I'm gonna pull some shit on you. Oh yeah. They be selling them damn wolf tickets though. They sell them wolf tickets. They break you in and everything. They really break you in. They give you a run for your money and shit. Oh yeah. They, 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 they know what's up. Them some, they special. Yeah. They special. All right. Shit. They don't come to play play and got the sweetest hearts and souls and everything else. I tell you that. But yeah, they actually, it, like I said, this is like the, we don't, you know, judge a book by its cover type of thing right here. Um, the part I didn't like is that, you know, Nick is trying to tell Kim that he was one of the per people that are responsible for her younger sister's death six years ago. But that did not come about. I think they should have, um, I think they should have literally, um, placed that, um, a little bit differently, um, to where, like, Kim is really, really devastated, or, you know, she's devastated, not, you know, her sister's gone, then finding out her brother is the one that uh, murdered um, these three people in revenge of their sister. And and I think that, like, I, I feel with that ending that they had, um, it was a bit short. Uh, it, was, it, was like a, it was like a flaccid boner to me. Um, it was like, you felt the emotion, like at the end of where she finds out she's crying, you know, she, and he's crying. Um, he also has his mother's lipstick, um, around his lips. So that's a very interesting, um, that's very interesting right there. Um, he steals his mother's lipstick and put it on her, um, put it on his lips. And, um, I guess he wanted to be pretty that day, um, that night to kill. But then again, you got to, like, understand, like, these little plot holes, like, how he was with the lighting and, like, the DJ and stuff. By the way, the, it was the disco era of that time. Disco died around that time also. So you get, like, great footage of, like, people dancing to disco and disco music and how they, um, you know, you know, how they jammed back then. And um, I was just, like, wondering, like, you know, through these plot holes that they have, like, how come nobody didn't notice where was the brother at, um, they should have said, like, hey, where's such and such at, you know, where's Kim's brother, you know, he's supposed to be helping with the DJ, with the lighting and things like that, so that is very odd right there, and it's like nobody did not, like, really notice him, um, during the time that he, um, um, murdered those people, and, um, but like I said about the ending is that, um, I think they should have, uh, made it a little bit, uh, longer. I believe that like Kim being a very smart, um, young lady, 
um, that like she should have like put two and two together about uh, that Nick was part of her um, sister's accidental death. I think that like um, it should have been like a confession like out of the little brother to say like yeah your boyfriend the prom king um, killed our sister you know. Um, I was there, you know, I, that was, they, they, I was there, sis, I was there, sis, you know, your boyfriend and everything. I think that would have, like, really, really, like, really just amped up that, that tension, um, in that last, um, scene in that movie. It would have, like, I mean, it would have been, like, shit hitting the fan, uh, the mystery, is solve of knowing who the real people are. Um, it also would have explained, uh, you know, why he did it. And the f oddest thing throughout this movie is that you see Leslie Nielsen, maybe like 20 minutes in this movie, and then you have Leslie Nielsen no more. Maybe he had another movie project or whatever. Maybe he was uh, filming Airplane or something. You never know. But I noticed that because usually a principal is there at the prom <laughs> all the time. Principals are always at the prom. No shit on that. But Leslie Nielsen, uh, Mr. Hammond, was not there. And I was like, that's odd. Hmm. So that does raise some questions right there. But what I think about prom night, it's okay. You know, it is a, like, um, mystery horror slasher. Um, I think they would have, like, explained a little bit more. I think that the kills are really nice. I, um, I like that the characters did fight back. Um, you know, I, I like Jamie Lee Curtis, um, in this movie, um, she was just like, you know, from her being Lori in Halloween, you know, this is like her building up her career. And of course, you know, she comes from, you know, famous parents also, you know, her father is Tony Curtis. Um, I think her mom is Janet Lee. I believe it is. It may be, I may got her mom like a little bit mixed up. I think Janet Lee is... Mm, what's that lady name? Santonia Banderas. Mo uh, what's her name? Melanie. I forgot. Melanie Griffith. That's it. And of course, Melanie Griffith used to be married to Don Johnson. And of course, you know you got that connection. Don Johnson and Jamie Lee Curtis was in Knives Out. That was one of my favorite ass movies. That movie was bomb right there. That was like a bomb ass like, yes, Jenny Lee, I know my shit. I know my shit. I know my shit. Tippy Hendren is Melanie Griffin's mom. That is so correct. I'm telling you, I'm having brain farts and everything. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's, that's Jenny Lee Curtis's parents, you know, Tony Curtis and Janet Lee and, you know, I should have known, but I was like, I have a brain fart. No, it's Tippy Hendren. That's Melanie Griffith's mom. Yeah, but but yeah, you had that little connection right there, you know. 
Knives Out with Don Johnson. That's pretty cool. I like old Don Johnson. I really do. But like I said, um, this movie like I mean it's it's for fun, but you know you can call it like a Carrie, uh, imitation of Carrie or whatever, just not without the supernatural powers. You know, I guess you could call it that. But I see why like people felt like you know this is like you know uh, they stole from Carrie. I could see that too, but. You know, they did. They did their best, but I, I find it very enjoyable and entertaining and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, it has Jamie Lee Curtis when she's, you know, she's building up her career. And, of course, she, there's a lot of screen queens, you know, her, Elena Quigley, um, Nev Campbell, um, to name a few um, that have been in slasher horror films, so... There you go. But anyways, that's enough of my time. And thank you so much for listening to the Random Horror Show uh, with our double feature of two prom movies. Um, prom, prom, prom. And for everybody that's going out to prom or have a child that's in prom, I hope they be safe and they have a great time and everything else. And... Thank you so much. And we will be back with our other feature of Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Welcome back to the Random Horror Show with our double prom slash horror feature. Double feature that is with the second segment of this show of Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. They say this was a sequel to Prom Night. Um, no, it wasn't. The only thing that was in conjunction with this was just the high school name. Um, and that was it. That was the only thing that they did. Um, the reason why they used that uh, Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2 is because... Is because of the uh, the name of the movie, and um, the, the story is totally different from the first. But it's not really a sequel. This just like looking in like, hey, it was a cash cow. Uh, we're gonna use this name. We're gonna pump this bitch up. And they did a very strategic and um, successful marketing um, of this movie right here um it is um a canadian horror supernatural film um i particularly um love uh, canadian horror films like pontypool uh black christmas and there's a couple of others in here um of course it has those canadian actors all up in this bitch you know we got like boom 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 you know we got michael ironside michael ironside y'all who does not light up like a kid on Christmas Day whenever you see Michael Ironside? I mean, this is not his first rodeo. Is being in a horror movie. Um, you've seen him in Scanners. That was directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, very, very uh, visceral uh, body horror uh, type of um, film. I really like Michael Ironside when he plays villains. I like Michael Ironside when he plays villains. I like when he plays uh, bad guys. I love him 
playing these all different range of characters. Um, he has always had a really good um, career, you know, film career, um, you know, uh, for so many decades. Um, I seen him in Nobody. It was so uh, wonderful to see him in Nobody. And I swear to y'all, when I seen Marco Ironside, I was like, I don't even recognize him. He looks like a dead ringer for Wilford Brimley. And if anybody has watched those oatmeal commercials of Wilford Brimley, uh, the guy, the old guy with the glasses talking about he gets his day started with a bowl of oatmeal. Uh, swear on crib. You throw a pair of glasses on Michael Ironside, he is he is Wilford Brimley. I don't think Wilford Brimley, uh, you know, he's, his body has left this earth, but his spirit lives on, and he attached himself to Michael Ironside. But it was very exciting to see him and Bob Odenkirk when um, playing Hutch in um, Nobody. I love that film. That film is hilarious. I mean, it's different from horror, but God dang. I, I, Bob Odenkirk, oh my god, I think I just, I've always been a fan of Bob Odenkirk, I always thought he was cute though, and he was hilarious, he has great, he's great at writing comedy and everything, but I liked him in that movie, but you also have another actor who is not a stranger to horror, um, he goes by in you know, in this movie of Justin, Justin Lewis, who plays the character Craig Norham. Um, but he also goes by his um, real name of Luis Ferrario. Um, his name is Luis Ferrario. Oh, he's born on my um, daughter's birthday. That's awesome. Uh, he is not a stranger to um, horror. Um, this is actually, he was really younger. Um, you have seen him in Saw 4, Saw 5, and Saw 3D and everything. He's um, a Canadian actor. He's always, um, you know, he was also in Stargate Universe. Um, he has been around so long. Um, he is very, very, uh, you know, you may not know you may know him as uh, Justin Lewis um, from his earlier years in his acting career, but when he, you know, he switched his names to go by his real name and stuff, and then you're like, oh, did he go by Justin Lewis? Oh, he's Luis? What? So, you know, you probably get a little confused, but that's who he is and everything. Um, I mean, I, I think that's really cool that you uh, see, like, in the 80s of, like, all the younger actors, you know, you see... Uh, Michael Ironside, you know, because Michael Ironside at that time, he was really uh, very popular because of Scanners and other different movies that he played. So uh, that was another reason why, um, you know, this movie was very um, successful, uh, especially at the box office and everything. Just being saying it's a um, sequel to Prom Night when it really um, was it. But I gotta tell y'all about this bad bitch named Mary Lou Mahoney. Mary Malo Mary Lou Mahoney is the villain um, that comes back as a spirit, a malevolent, you know, uh, destructive and revengeful spirit because 30 years ago she was um, she wasn't really the girlfriend to uh, Michael Ironside's character, uh, Principal Billy. 
or Bill Nordham. Um, there was an accident, a um, accidental death. Um, she was burnt alive in front of everybody at the prom in 1957. Um, it went down in history as like the most terriblest accident, you know, in the school history. Excuse me. That the prom queen uh, was burnt alive before she got her crown. And Mary Lou was pissed. So she is a spirit that had been wrongfully dead, um, have wrongfully, um, have died of a very wrongful, um, death, and so she waited for the perfect moment 30 years later, um, you know, to get her revenge and to get her crown. Um, Mary Lou, as they put it, is a promiscuous teenage high school girl. Fuck that noise. Mary Lou was a bad bitch. I'm going to say it again while I sip on my coffee. Mary Lou was a bad bitch. You hear that right there? And of course, back in the nifty 50s or, or the fake 50s, as I call it, she was Catholic. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not Catholic or whatever, but you understand there is a very, um, strong religious tone, um, in this movie of where, you know, during a different time period, you know, uh, girls that were like, quote unquote, promiscuous was too loose or fast or things like that. Uh, Mary Lou actually owned her sexuality she owned her femininity i mean you talking about this bitch is fierce like she was getting men's on top of men's there was like guys in high school that wanted to get with mary lou because she was hot she was very pretty um you know she just exuded like all of that um raw uh, you know, uh, just, just femininity and her, uh, fem you know, her feminine nature and her sexuality. Um, she was ahead of her time. Um, girls hated her because she was like that. You know, Mary Lou, people would say, and you also have that, um, thing where people would say just because she was promiscuous, that means, that you have like a different side they looked at her as the bad girl and everything because you know you've seen that in Greece with Rizzo and um but on a different um aspect you would actually see where there will be you know you will see grown men you know will see Mary Lou like that and they will say, oh, wow, she's very mature for her age, man. And, you know, it's still the same fucking thing that goes on right now in society of how uh, young women um, coming into their own sexuality and, it, you know, and exploring it and embracing it um, and in their own femininity will either get mocked by it or... Uh, you know, sometimes you have some parents that control the shit out of it or make fun and mock it because I feel that, like, feminine, like, sexuality is very powerful and it really is. And during that time period of, like, of this story with Mary Lou is that everybody was intimidated and afraid of, like, how 
she exuded that. It did not define her as like she's this hot piece of ass and everything. Like she literally was going out with Billy and um, Buddy at the time. They were teenagers. Um, you know, she was basically kind of like, you know, doing the same thing with dudes be doing and shit. You know what I'm saying? She was like, she was. She was like, you know what? Y'all don't own me. I'm not your good motherfucking, uh, a goody good two-shoe girl. I'm Mary Lou Mahoney, bitch. Because you know what? If you pop in motherfucking Trina and shit and you listen to some motherfucking Trina, you get the whole point with Mary Lou Mahoney. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, for real, I'm going to tell y'all, if I have some, I know there's some ladies that's listening. I'm going to tell you, and this is tried and true because I've done this too many times. Put that Trina... I'm the baddest bitch whenever you going to the grocery store, getting ready to go to the grocery store, church, out on a date, date night with your husband, boyfriend, whatever. Hell, anything, shit, you single and shit, put that baddest bitch on that. Put that bad bitch on Spotify, Pandora, wherever, YouTube, music, whatever. Even your CD. If you still got Trina, I'm the baddest bitch. Put that bitch on. Put it on. And see if your motherfucking confidence rise up to the damn sun. Bars. I'm not playing with you. That's a very, that's a that's a very good um, female empowerment um, song. I mean, shit. I, I do it every once in a while and everything. Sometimes I don't need it. All I gotta do is just like Trina, baddest bitch, just like that. Boom, there it is. But yeah, she. She scared. She was scary to that the people that was in that decade in that time frame before her untimely um, gruesome death, and you know she was just like I like her little words and stuff. Like she said, it's a big free country, and and she's right. It's a big free country. She can do whatever the fuck she want to do if she want to smoke cigarettes let her smoke cigarettes if she want to uh do uh todd and james and um uh, billy and 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 and, and richard and all them and dick um uh, she gonna get the dick you know what i'm saying she owned that shit and she did not let her religion of being catholic um dictate that for her she was ahead of her time but she also was snatching wigs and stuff and everything. She was snatching uh, 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 poodle skirts and, 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 and saddle shoes and hairlines and everything, you know. Because for real, though, like she had them girls handled like that. She was the HBIC. She was. She was the HBIC on that campus. And so, you know, Billy got upset. He got all up in his feelings. You know, he got all emotional and stuff. And the reason why he got like that is because she's seen him uh, making out with Buddy, uh, which Buddy actually uh, scared, the sh it scared the shit out of him because of her death and everything, is that he turned, you know, he turned into a priest. He turned, he went to, to straight priesthood and shit after that, scared the hell out of him, you know. But, um, but Billy was in his feelings because, you know, he felt that, like, you know, Mary Lou is my girl, 
and 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 you know I have her you know I got her he felt like that but she was like scram cuz you know what I'm saying she throw that punch in his face and shit like that because she was letting him know like look bro we just here to the prom yeah I like you you kind of cute you know you all right and everything but you the square motherfucker and stuff and I can do whatever the hell I want you know you don't own me you know, she was like, only time, she's like, only time you got me hooked, you got to put a ring on this fangle. Uh, we better be signing on the dotted line, on this mortgage, on this first house. Um, and then we're going to be um, filing uh, a married uh, joint on our tax returns. That's how she looked at that shit. But other than that, she's going to have fun. She's young. She's fun. She's beautiful. Everything else. Girls envied her. They wanted to be like her. But they were too scared at that time. Well, of course, whoo, that was tragic, tragic, tragic what happened. And then you have Vicky. Vicky is actually the opposite of Mary Lou. Um, and I see why Mary Lou picked her, and I'm definitely am gonna go deep, deep into this shit right here and everything because damn, I didn't even like realize this and stuff. I was like, holy crap, I just realized this. See, that's the reason why you go back and rewatch movies because of stuff that you missed and everything. And Vicky was. She got along with everybody. Now, Vicky did have, like, her little high school nemesis, whatever it is. But really, Vicky wasn't understanding why Kelly, uh, she was, uh, she was just wannabe bad bitch. She thought she run shit, but she really didn't. Um, but she was very jealous of Vicky because Vicky, um, had a very, um, good disposition about herself she got along great with everybody um she was on the prom committee she was also also uh, one of the nominees to be um selected as prom queen also and Vicky had a boyfriend and um you know like oh Kelly was just so super ass jealous and she throw like the worst shitty shade at Vicky so much and I will be the same thing like Vicky too like oh my god no she didn't like she is so stupid which she was she was very very stupid but like she called herself trying to be a bad bitch she tried to call herself being the most popular I mean she was popular and everything but Vicky uh really had captivated her uh peers of her just being who she is and that's the same thing of how Mary Lou was Mary Lou was being herself Vicky was being herself totally opposite but they were actually polar opposites like yin and yang and shit like that so they actually go together and stuff I thought that was pretty cool um they snuck that shit in right there um and of course, Vicky is Catholic. Um, she comes from a very strict Catholic household. Um, you have the very strict uh, mother, and you have like the okay, honey, you know, type of dad. I love my princess. He was all like that, but um, 
going to get right deep into that right there because, whoa, there is some huge elephants in that motherfucking room right in there with Vicky's life. So Vicky, she's like excited about the prom, you know, uh, she has a boyfriend, Craig. So it seems like everything is like really, really perfect. Um, until one day Vicky goes down into the basement to look for a dress because she was like, oh, I want something different. You know, I want something a little pizzazzy and things like that, you know, cause this is our senior prom and stuff. And so she goes to this old trunk. She was very curious. She opens it up. She sees the sash. She sees the crown. Um, she unleashed the spirit of Mary Lou Mahoney. And when um, she did that, I see why Mary Lou picked her. Um, she was very perfect for the job for Mary Lou to like obtain her her crown and her rightful, you know, ownership of having that moment that she missed when Billy, stupid bullshit, I'm fucking over emotional and shit, ass, pull that bullshit. Yeah. So, I get Mary Lou right there. I showed it. I get Mary Lou right there. I get a, I get a real good, like, perfectly girl, like, I understood the assignment. So, of course, like, Vicky is going through some interesting moments in her life. Um, you know, there's a lot of resentment at her home. Um, she has decided to take a year off to work instead of going into college. Um, her and Craig are, you know, tied as thick as these boyfriend and girlfriend and things like that, um, uh, which poses a problem, um, with her mother because he has a motorcycle and to her mother, of course, her old timey thinking, oh my God, this boy has a motorcycle. He is probably in that rock and roll music, probably worships the devil. Um, he's in a motorcycle gang and shit like that. But she was judging him because of that and everything when he's actually the son of the principal. So I was like, this woman got some problems. She got some issues within herself. But uh, one of Vicky's friends um, was not feeling very well. She was very distraught. Um you know, she, uh, she was very concerned about her friend. She was very empathetic and very compassionate, um, towards him. Like I said, Vicky got along with everybody in and everybody, um, around the school and stuff. Um, this is also a dealing of an issue of pregnancy when the girl found out that she was pregnant and nobody didn't know what was going on. Of course, that was the first murder that, uh, Mary Lou, um, got and everything was the pregnant girl and because she messed with the crown and everything Mary Lou was like I don't give a shit about you being pregnant but um Mary Lou Harry or she's like mm, well she fucked with my crown Mary Lou did not care that she was pregnant because you know she's this evil malevolent spirit but I I have an issue with that and everything um, is because, um, I do, I do have an issue 
with how they presented Mary Lou as like this very vindictive, um, malevolent, you know, um, just uh, unspirited rest, uh, unrested spirit, excuse me, is because of her, um, her past. And I find that very unfair to Mary Lou's character because they painted this really bad picture of her. Oh, she sleeps with a lot of guys. She drinks. She smokes. She doesn't give a shit about everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she was a bad bitch like that. You know, she owned that shit. But to make it like she was just this really um, horrible, horrible person um, before her untimely death, um, I, that's one of the problems that I actually have. Um, I think they should have worked on for her to be very pissed off of what happened, but not take it to that level to make it seem like, and I, and I understand that was like for her to like her, a whole storyline to like flesh out throughout the um film but like I think it could have been a little bit crafted a little bit better um but that's just my opinion about things so Mary Lou like I said she is definitely messing with Vicky's head in the room she finally got her in the uh, in the classroom because um, since Mary Lou is uh, messing with her head mentally, um, she starts to uh, speak like Mary Lou. She starts to feel like I'm. I don't think I'm. This is not my body. And Vicky's like, I think I'm going crazy. Um, she tells Craig and a couple of other people that look. I think this Mary Lou chick that died 30 years ago i'm seeing a lot of images of her i'm having like all these like weird hallucinations and everything you know i'm not feeling very well you know she gets knocked out um in gym class because stupid ass kelly throws the like volleyball and hits her and she gets knocked out and everything now that's a mean-spirited bitch right there and i'm glad she, her ass died in this movie i couldn't stand kelly ass if you if she was on fire, I, I wouldn't even put her out. Even put spit or this damn Ozark, this Ozark bottle water on her ass. I just let that bitch burn. Anyways, you know that's a character. Y'all 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 pray for me now. <laughs> mm. But she did get Vicky uh, when she slapped shit out of uh, Kelly and shit. You shut your fucking mouth, bitch. Boom. Oh, fell out left. Oh, she had me dead right there. That was, that's my favorite scene. That was my favorite scene. And that whole slap, what she did, she like reared back. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that Will Smith's. You know what? I was not going to say that right there. I was not going to say that, but I had to do that. I had to go for that. God, I'm so sick of that shit. But if you, if you ask me which slap was the best, it had to be Vicky's. From this movie, it was Vic. Vicky slap was better than Will Smith slap. I mean, his was like open palm, like don't you say shit. But Vicky slap came back like a pimp, like a rare back 
pimp slap and slapped the dog bang shit out of Kelly's ass in that classroom. But she got detention and Mary Lou got her ass. I don't understand what the with the chalkboard and the water and the uh, letters swimming around and shit. But she got Vicky ass and had Vicky swimming in, in that damn chalkboard. I said, Lord have mercy. I'm like, where is this water coming from? How did it get so watery up in this bitch all of a sudden? But she was reborn of using Vicky's body. Vicky, the real Vicky, was stuck in limbo um, inside the trunk um, in the basement at the school. She reemerged as Vicky. Um, she loved that fucking body. And trust me, she sure did love that damn body, bro. But... To address the elephants in the room is that Vicky had her home life is not what it seemed. You these motherfuckers kept up appearances. You have a mother. Vicky's mother was very resentful towards her. She did not like that she had a boyfriend. She did not like that her girl was her daughter uh was blooming into a young woman. Um you feel that tension um, between both of them. It also uh, opens up the can of worms. And I'm talking about these are two can of worms right here that I'm going to say about the parents and everything. You actually have her dad that has something. He's, 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 he's fucking nasty. Um, her dad is, her dad actually lust after um, Vicky, his own fucking daughter and everything. I was like, you nasty son of a bitch. But I got to thinking about that. I was like, you know what? I said, I bet you a thousand pennies that like in her dad's like, you know, life when he was younger, something happened to him or uh, he probably is turned off because of the mom of how she is she she runs that household with the iron fist um it's more like yes dear I can't talk back or I don't have an opinion um Vicky is definitely the apple of his eye and a little bit more this is the reason why the mom sensed this from her own husband and it dis her she is so disgusted and this is going back to where um you have vicky's mom and um vicky um vicky is not understanding um the mom is definitely like in her head oh my god she's a woman I have to repress her sexual outlet, her feminine magic, her femininity, her power, her sexual power, everything else. Um, she is not giving Vicky any breathing room to like express um things like, hey, she doesn't have that relationship, like, hey mom, you know, um, you know, you know, you know, like the mom and the daughter things and stuff like that. I'm glad I had a, a, my mom, you know, I can talk to, you know, even though it was like some things like in our um, 
lifetime, you know, especially with her, um, how her life um, went down and everything of how me and her can have a open um, conversation about sex and sexuality and female empowerment and things like that. And this is all before all of what's going on right now and blah, 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 you know, it's more um, prevalent um, right now in our society, but um, I was so glad to like have those conversations with my mother. Vicky could not have that conversation with her mother because her mother like clinged on to her fucking rosary beads and her knee-high, ugly-ass, thigh-high pantyhose and her fucking drab I was on the fucking Mayflower as a pilgrim wardrobe. She felt she was threatened by, she was threatened by Vicky's, she was threatened by Vicky. She was threatened by Vicky's budding sexuality. Everything. She was so afraid of it because she felt that she did not have a chance to do that. And she could have had an opportunity to like really connect more with her daughter um during her like the the prime of her years of her being a senior and a prom and her boyfriend and and everything else it's like this woman did not enjoy having a daughter and she had so much resentment and she blamed Vicky for being for who she is and she and I can tell the mom have like noticed how the father have always looked at Vicky throughout the years and she is so threatened that like you know Vicky is, is gonna uh, there, there, you know she she was like the mom had so many fucking issues she really did the dad has issues also but those were the can of worms that I seen in this movie that I was like, I get it now. I get it. These are some fucking sexually repressed people with so many demons and so many dark secrets about themselves. I mean, even if you looked at the decor of like the house of where they ate and everything, even the fucking plain ass oatmeal and bullshit even down to their drabby ass um costuming that these parents wore they was like really repressing a lot of sexual sexual tension so uh, a lot of times um in fucked up ass situations and shit um you know reading and actually hearing from different um people that you know, no or whatever, um, you know, you have those husbands, they feel that their wife is just used up and dried, she's just a vessel, you know, just a, uh, she's just, she's just, she's just a carcass, just a whole carcass, yeah, that's my wife, but in his mind, he's like, I want that sexy woman, so he looks to his daughter as like being that sexy you know, type of woman, and plus, um, you have those 
people it's i mean it's disgusting about incest and it's very disgusting when you have fathers that um molest their daughters and lust for them is so gross but you um there's some weird dudes out there that do do shit like that and what they feel is that they feel that their daughters won't reject them because the mom has rejected her husband for so long of henpecking him like that and he feels that he is so emotionally shut off from the wife and the wife is emotionally shut off from him too that they're just going through the motions and so he channels all of that in to Vicky because he's like that's my daughter and she's gonna love me no matter what like you know he has that it is deep down inside of him and it just because there was a scene in the movie it was really gross but this is when she was um possessed by Mary Lou that you know she was getting ready for the prom and um you know she was like hold me daddy because he was going on about his tux and he worked and blah 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 and took your mother this was my first job and I got your mother a cassage and all that shit and everything he was just so proud and so when she started to kiss him and she stuck the whole ass tongue in his mouth and he was so confused and it was like when he closed his eyes and he started to like he put his tongue in her mouth and to like receive it and shit like that it was like that moment that I saw he was like I cannot believe this is happening it's like my fucking perverted nasty ass dreams have fucking came true my daughter fucking loves me she is giving me that love that I don't get from her mother I can actually fucking pop a boner you know I can actually express like how I really feel about my daughter oh that shit was so fucked up though that was so fucked up that's the reason why Mary Lou picked him that's the reason why Mary Lou picked him because she knew there was some bullshit was going on and it was like that perfect storm for her to really siphon off of that uh uh off of their energy the energy of her mother of um her being resentful towards uh vicky and everything siphoning off the father of knowing that he is sexually lusting after his own damn daughter i mean even with um you know vicky uh she felt like you know she actually kind of gave vicky a little bit of help though because she was like you know vicky is actually trapped i know i'm trying to get my crown i know i didn't kill some people and things like that but you know what i'm gonna give vicky some help vicky just did not realize that she actually uh, uh um, you know she was actually awakening like all that what she had inside of her um you know it was like really like Mary Lou's like yo it's okay I know this kind of sucks that I kind of fucked with your daddy and shit kissed him like that and shit but like she was telling Vicky like bitch you better own this shit you better own this shit don't be scared of it don't be scared of your mama that's the reason why she killed her mama and stuff she's like don't be scared of who you are like be confident bitch be confident she actually did give like uh Vicky some help even though it was in a kind of a fucked up way of killing people and shit like that but she did give vicky some fucking 
she gave Vicky some confidence. She really did. She gave Vicky some damn confidence. I mean, Vicky was confident, but she was like, I'm going to push this through. Don't be afraid of it, girl. Just because you're Catholic and everything else, um, I see how your parents are, but I'm going to push your shit through. And she did. Fucked up way, but she did. So she got to the prom. Um, You know, yo, yo, she got that crowd, but guess what? You know, you got old Bill shooting her in the head and stuff like that. Shooting her, Actually, she shot her through her um chest. Um... You know, because, uh, you know, Father Bobby and everything, if I said his name right, I don't give a shit. You know, warned Bill about what was going on. And he was like, yo, Mary Lou back. She finna get her revenge. Fool. If you want to be like Father Karras off of like the exorcist and everything, you better be the body of Christ compel you. You better burn some candles and shit and, and, and douse yourself with some... Ba- He's like, like bathe in the holy waters of the Lake Minnetonka and everything, baby, because she is coming back for both of us. But, of course, father got murked and everything. Um, You know, uh, Bill started to believe it because when Vicky was acting all weird, you know, she gave a piece of information to um, Bill, like, in his office... I'm like, yo, baby, it's me, Mary Lou. Yo, I'm here. I'm here, baby. I'm here. Yeah, I mean, this girl and everything, she got a nice-ass body and shit, but um, I'm here, baby. I'm here. And he was like, oh, shit. He done crapped in his pants again. So he knew it was true. He shot her. Of course, like, the uh, practical effects of, like, how the transitioning of Mary Lou when she emerged out of Vicky's body, uh you know, it started off a little bit like <laughs> life force kind of got like that little bit of the living dead, you know, because she is dead. She got burnt. Um, but I liked how that trans- transformation was when um, Mary Lou was materializing um, into a um, solid form. Um, she had that little, uh, you know, the ectoplasm and shit. Oh man, she really fucked Craig ass up. That girl was strong. That girl was strong. That she fucked Craig ass up. I was laughing my ass. I was like, dang man, you talking about you trying to uh uh protect Vicky and shit and everything. Shit, Mary Lou, your ass left and right to the side to the everything. I mean, she was cowboy whooping the shit out of him and everything. Boy, I got so tickled right there. And of course, he found the real Vicky. She was um in the trunk. Um, his dad brought the crown to uh Mary Lou. That was the one thing that she really came back um on this realm to get the crown to really um relive that moment that she lost that she so almost had in the palm of her hands. And of course, like they always said, the person who killed you and shit, they're going to repossess your body and shit. So she repossessed, she actually possessed um Bill um, that was the end of the movie right there. Um, it kind of left like in the cliffhanger and shit, you know what I'm saying? But that was really the end. Um, but like Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, very great marketing strategy. Um, pretty good, solid. Um, you know, uh, the practical effects of Mary Lou emerging out of Vicky's body. I was so happy when Kelly um, got killed with her Diet Pepsi drinking ass and everything. Um, it was one part that was really, really cheesy is with the the dude that was um, 
with the votes and stuff, um, Mary Lou found out that Kelly went in there and blowed him. Um, he changed the names. She got mad. She did that weird science. I'm electrocute his ass type shit. Um, the whole locker scene with the killing of the best friend and squishing the lockers. And of course that was like chopped up hot dogs and things like that as to, you know, to look like guts. Uh, I could tell it was chopped up hot dogs or chopped up meat or something like that. Um, of course there was like a little bit of a lesbian scene in there. That I guess it was trying to be kind of lesbianish or whatever. Um, Epic failed with that right there. Um, I know the actress who played Vicky, which is, um, Wendy Lyon, um, the carpets did match the drapes. That's all I gotta say. And, like I said, we got some TNA in there, just like on prom night, we had some TNA, um, in that movie too. Um, it's always something about TNA in horror movies, you know, it's like, whatever. Um, like that. Um, plot holes. There was quite a bit of plot holes, but they still uh, kept it on the same energy of Mary Lou getting her revenge. She did anything in her power to get people out of the way of grasping that crown that she was so deservingly, um, deservingly, um, you know, 30 years back. And um, I liked how... They pulled the um, characters that was responsible for um, her death, pulling them in. Um, I liked how that was. And then, of course, like, this is all about secrets, guilt. You got, like, teen pregnancy. You have, like, um, still um, a, a religious theme of how... Um, young women are still looked at today, um, if they are, uh, you know, embrace their sexuality and, um, femininity and things like that, um, you know, you still have people that slut shame, things like that, um, you still have, like, where, um, people, um, feel that being a good girl, that's the best girl, and being the bad girl, um, is the awful girl and everything, um, you still have, like, those, um, negative stereotypes, uh, like that, um, even in this movie, and it, and it highlights that right there, you also see, um, the, uh, the similarities and the contrast with, uh, both characters of, Mary Lou and Vicky, um, it was, it was, it was, it was very, it was very interesting to see that right there, like I said, this is the reason why she picked her, and of course, like, her ties with Craig, which is, um, Bill's son, um, and that, I think that was, that was part of it, I would say, like, 25% of it, of her, of to get back at Bill for what he did, but the 75% of it is actually, um, her just actually, like, empowering this young girl, um, with some things that she, uh, was too afraid of, or, you know, she felt like if she stayed as, like, perfect like that is, and Mary Lou was like, hey, it's okay to be bad, it's okay, 
it's okay it's nothing wrong with it you're human and that's the realization of like with vicky like i said she gave mary lou gave vicky some help she really did but it was just in a sinister ass way of how um she gave her some help um and stuff to um pretty much be the vessel for her to um kill and murder um people um in this movie for that goddamn crowd but i would say this like this mary lou she was the head bi she was the uh, head bitch in charge she was that bad bitch and the bad bitch got what she want and she never stopped even beyond the grave she had a plan she had a plan and um i would like to see like a remake of this i like i like the original i really do but i like to see a good remake of this now this is a movie i really like to see a remake of and you know with better um practical effects and I, not too much cgi but really get into the meat of like the whole this story i feel like this story is it can be worked on and and especially it can fit um in this time of um age i think this um uh movie it, it is i mean there i mean the, the special effects is not really that great 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 especially with the weird science shit but i did like the practical effects but i feel that this right here can be an awesome remake and everything and i feel that um this would actually um do very well just like the original i believe it has to be some very savvy marketing um i um feel that like it just won't be something like of a cash cow type you know a movie and blah 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 you know we do have like elevated horror but this is actually a really great um this is actually a really good storyline and it does have a lot of lot i mean you have euphoria um that's on hbo that's a very popular show about <clears throat> the dark you know side of like teenage life and things like that real deal realist deal shit that teenagers actually do you know actually deal with and i feel that if somebody actually that is the writer for euphoria uh watch this movie and actually understand the content of it the storyline um still be a supernatural horror movie um i believe they can really they can really pull this off i think they can do that i think um this movie can be a good remake and i feel that oh like i think like it should have like kind of like unknown actors in this movie or you know getting pretty popular actors or whatever to like play the characters and maybe like do a, a cameo of michael ironside with his glasses looking like wilford brimley <laughs> i think that would be pretty cool i think they should do like cameos of like <clears throat> of like the characters that um the actors that played the characters in this movie i think that would be pretty cool 
but that is enough and my time here at the random horror show of course i must bid you adieu this is the end of the fourth season of the random horror show i'm taking a break 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 um so i can be really relaxed and refreshed and ready to get back into horror now if you want to suggest any movies that you want me to film review um you can type them down keys on the keyboard keyboard warriors to the random horror show at gmail.com you can also contact me um through instagram at um texas horror babe on um Texas Horror Babe, or you can holler out and give me a shout out on Facebook at The Random Horror Show. And I have had a wonderful, wonderful time with season four. Um, very different. Um, glad to like um, do this. I, I have so much passion with this. Um, I've always loved being a horror fan. I will always die as a horror fan. Um, cinephile anything else like that whatever you want to call me but um it's time for miss keisha to rest and so i will be back with season five just don't know but of course um i'm gonna have a good break and of course people y'all stay awesome and keep it rocking and if you want to listen to uh other horror um, podcast I can like put that up there's a lot of great horror content out there first class horror you have a Swedish horror nerd um also check out my um friend um on Instagram Beth loves horror she's real awesome she has really good reviews too on movies she is definitely a very good stickler of uh, reviewing movies she's really good um there's Jack Berry, um, and there's also, like, the heavy metal, um, show, um, Montag, um, he's on YouTube, um, if you don't like horror and you like action, there's Action Movie, um, Book Club, um, you can find them on YouTube, you can also find them on Twitter, you can also find, um, them on Instagram, too, so, there you go, and then just gave off a rundown list for you guys, and, course coming straight up out of the iron pine curtain evies texas and of course i am booked solid this month with prom gigs djing and of course i'm very excited about that and of course like i said it's prom season and i said of course about three or four fucking times and everything is time for my ass to go but thank y'all thank y'all so much and thank you for enjoying um season four of the random horror show um y'all have a wonderful 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 night